We left Elijah, God's Old Testament messenger prophet, on a mountain where thousands of the worshipers of Baal, this lifeless idol, have built an altar to Baal. And Elijah, by himself, builds an altar uh, to the living God. And Elijah says, all right, you uh, Baal priests, you can uh, go ahead and uh, pray and bring down fire on your altar, and then I'll pray to the Lord uh, to bring down fire on his altar. And after seven hours of the Baal priests shouting and dancing and bleeding and pleading for Baal to bring down fire, eh, nothing happens. Then Elijah just speaks three sentences in prayer and whoosh, fire comes down from the Lord and consumes his altar. Then immediately after God's firefall on this mountain, Scripture says that Elijah next goes to his knees in prayer to pray for God's rainfall. Uh, that's because uh, in order to prove Baal as a failed rain god, God stopped all rainfall for over three years. So scripture says that Elijah put his head, forehead on the ground uh, between his bowed knees and prayed for rain. And what happens next, the people of God were still talking about almost a thousand years later, as proven by a letter written by James, the half-brother of Jesus, the follower of Jesus who writes this in James chapter 5. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being just as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, Elijah prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. When Elijah prayed, God opened the heavens and showered down life on Elijah's part of the world. And through James, God gives us uh, two important truths about Elijah. The first is that Elijah's power on the knee was due to his righteousness, which is uh, the Bible word for a right relationship with God. The second important truth uh, we learned about Elijah from James, is that he is an ordinary person just like me, just like you. And because Elijah is just an ordinary person like me, then God has real power prayer principles to teach me through Elijah's ordinary walk on the wild side with God. So let's rewind Elijah's story uh, back before he prayed and fire came down. Uh, let's rewind the story back before Elijah prayed and rain came down. Back before there was any rain at all, there was no food, there was only famine, and Elijah was hiding from Queen Jezebel who had sent out 
assassins to kill Elijah. Elijah sat by a brook which was giving him drinking water while God brought him Uber Eats through some ravens who were dropping food down to him. But what happens when the brook dries up? Well, we find out as we read here in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 7. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, "Uh, would you bring me a little drink of water in a jar so I may uh, drink? And she was going to get it. And he called, oh, and uh, please bring me a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your, remember that word, your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, don't be afraid, go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make some for yourself and your son, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her son. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. This story is just packed with prayer power principles. And the first prayer power principle I see in Elijah is that God gives power to me to give through me. Now, if you're, if you're Elijah living on the brink of uh, dehydration and then your brook dries up, what would you say to God? I think it would probably be, hey God, turn the water back on. How about giving me a Poland spring here? How about at least giving those ravens a few Evian bottles to drop or something? But unlike us, Elijah does not ask God to miraculously supply his need. Instead, Elijah follows God's plan to supply him by using him to miraculously supply someone else's need. See, when it comes to prayer power, We don't get it. The problem is, is that we often ask God for power for us, not through us. We ask God for power that dead ends in us. We pray, God give me strength so that I can be at peace. God give me affirmation so that I feel loved. God give me your power in me for me. But through Elijah, God is teaching me to beware powerless prayers that dead end in me. Because God met Elijah's need by empowering Elijah to meet someone else's need. Through Elijah, I'm learning that experiencing God's power is not saying, God, feed me, heal me, love me. It's saying, God, Feed me, heal me, love me, so that I can feed and heal and love others with your power. I have not been on a plane for over a year. Uh, But before the pandemic, I was sitting on a flight next to a man in his 30s. And he said his name is Henry. And he wondered what I did. 
And when he found out I was a pastor, Henry told me that uh, he went to a good church that sounds a lot like BlackRock, uh, and that he and his wife go to this church kinda. They're not really committed, uh, they're not really involved. Which led him then to talk about his chaotic family life and how his kids are out of control, and how he is sad and angry because he and his wife fight all the time. And after listening for a while, I said, you know, Henry, I really believe that God wants to heal you and your family and that he's gonna use this good church in the process. But I said, you know, even more than committing to your church, have you ever committed to really following Jesus? And Henry said he had never really taken that step. And so I said, Henry, would you like to pray right now? And Henry said, yes. And so right after the steward came with a beverage and one of those little uh, beverage uh, napkins, uh, Henry prayed to receive Jesus and put his faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross for him. And a few moments later, I saw Henry taking that beverage napkin and wiping his eyes and all choked up. He said to me, I just realized this is no accident, that God arranged all the details so that I was on this flight and that I was next to you because God sees me and he loves me. And that's when I reached for my beverage napkin. (laughs) And I was choked up because it goes both ways. What was no accident for Henry was no accident for me. Just like it was no accident that the widow saved Elijah as much as Elijah saved the widow. God was expressing his love for me through Henry while I was expressing to Henry God's love for him. See, God gives power to you to give through you. So try it this week. Uh, Ask God for peace, ask God for love, Ask God for strength to you, but don't let it dead end in you. Let it become a powerful prayer that is this peace, love, and strength through you to the people that God loves. Next uh, prayer power principle we see in Elijah is that God's power takes me where he is already working. Uh, When Elijah came to this widow in Sidon, notice how Elijah is not surprised when uh, uh, he meets this widow, not surprised when this widow gives her her last, gives him her last drink, her last meal, not surprised when the oil jug and the flour jar never go empty. Why was Elijah not surprised? It's because Elijah knew that God was already working in this widow's life. God had told Elijah, go to this widow because I've already directed her to supply you with food. So Elijah's power came from being where God was already working. And if I want to be part of God's power trip for me, then I can't go off on my business and expect God to empower what I'm doing. No, like Elijah, I need to make it my business to be about what God is doing. God never empowers me for my agenda, but God will always empower me for his agenda. And you say, oh, 
okay, I'll just do that. I'll just, I'll just uh, be where God's working. No problem. Easy, right? Well, Elijah would say, not so fast. It's not easy. It's not easy at all because God always takes you out of your comfort zone. Uh, take this widow, for example. Uh, this widow lived in a faraway nation uh, called Sidon. Uh, guess who they worshiped in Sidon? Yeah, Baal. And uh, guess who was born and raised in Sidon? That's right, Jezebel. So to go where God was working meant Elijah had to walk into Baal country to the hometown of the queen who was dedicated to killing him so he could be supplied by a woman on the brink of, of starvation who worshiped the false god that Elijah had just humiliated with fire. See, with God, it's always a walk on the wild side outside of my comfort zone. God leads me out of my comfort zone because my comfort zone is too small to contain all the people God loves. My comfort zone is too small for God's wild work that he wants to do. And so if I'm going to experience God's power, I've got to get out of my comfort zone. Zone. So this week, I'm challenging you to say in prayer, God, show me where you're working, even if it's on the wild side, even if it's outside my comfort zone, even if it's with people who don't like you and don't like me, just open my eyes to where you're already working so I can join you and find true power. Uh, that's, uh, let us also notice this. Uh, through Elijah, we notice that God's power through me is poured, not stored. Uh, don't you love this description of um, the oil jug and the flour jar that does not go empty? Uh, just don't miss the power prayer principle here. Uh, how God never chooses. God has a choice of any kind of miracle uh, he wants to do, but he, he, almost, he never chooses to do storage miracles by giving large vats of oil and uh, big sacks of flour. God always seems to choose daily provision miracles. It was the same thing with God's uh, daily manna miracle. Uh, where God provided daily wonder bread for his people uh, who, in, who were in the wilderness outside of Egypt. They tr if they tried to store this miracle manna, it would rot. Why? Because God knows that there's no power in past dependence upon him. God arranges things so that the only power relationship with him that's possible is a day-by-day -day daily relationship with him. I cannot depend on my old trust in old ways from old days. No, God's power through me is not stored up. It is poured out in a day-by-day -day dependence upon God on the wild side. Now, watch as Elijah's ride gets even wilder here in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 17. Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, What do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him from her and carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his bed. 
And then he cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy even on this widow I am staying with by causing her son to die? And then he stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. And the Lord heard Elijah's cry and the boy's life returned to him and he lived. And Elijah picked up the child and carried him down to the room into the house. He gave him to his mother and said, look, your son is alive. And then the woman said to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. It's just wild. The widow's young son dies. And in her grief, the widow cries out with this heartbreaking declaration of her sin. She cries out that she knows that she is a sinner separated from God. She cries out how she knows that she deserves punishment and wonders if this is why Elijah has come, uh, to bring God's judgment upon her sin. But then in his grace, God uses Elijah to display that his love is far greater than the curse of sin and death, which makes this prayer that Elijah prays here the greatest prayer of all Elijah's amazing prayers because far greater than praying down physical rain or physical fire or physical flour or oil or even a physical resurrection. These physical miracles are tiny compared to the greatest miracle, the greatest power involved in bringing spiritually dead people like this widow into a life-giving love relationship with God. And so through Elijah, I learned that God's greatest power is his love outstretched through me which leads to this mention of uh, how Elijah stretched out in prayer over the boy's body. What does this mean? Well, no Bible scholar can give you a definitive uh, answer because we're not told exactly why or exactly how Elijah stretched out. You know, it seems like at the minimum, um, it seems this image of Elijah stretching out is Elijah offering himself. It's Elijah's extending his love. It's Elijah expressing his desire to even give his life to the boy. So Bible scholars do not have a consensus opinion about this stretching out of Elijah and what it means. But that doesn't stop me from having an opinion. Uh, would you like to hear my opinion. Would you, would you mind if I just share it with you, my opinion? Okay. Uh, I think that when Elijah stretched out on the boy, Elijah stretched out like this. I think Elijah stretched out like Jesus stretched out in his love on the cross. I think Elijah stretched out like Jesus stretched out to raise me to life. Like Jesus stretched out for sinners like me, like you, like the widow, like the son. I believe that Elijah stretched out like in the form of a cross. And it's kind of a 
expression, kind of a, a foreshadowing of God's plan in the Old Testament, which is exactly what Jesus taught us to expect. You, you realize that, right? You realize that uh, Jesus met with his Emmaus followers after he rose from the dead, and Jesus taught his disciples how his cross is foreshadowed. The sign of the cross is foreshadowed over and over in the Old Testament. You know how in John chapter 3, Jesus said that when Moses cured snake-bitten people by lifting up the image of a snake lifted up on a wooden pole, Jesus said that uh, Moses was foreshadowing his cross and how Jesus would cure sin by becoming sin and lift it up on a wooden pole. And then uh, there's how God told his people to save themselves uh, from the angel of death by putting the lamb's blood on the top and the sides of their door where many see the sign of the cross. How God gave Moses the exact dimensions of the temple and the tabernacle and how each article of worship uh, was designed to teach what it meant to have a relationship with God and how no surprise God's design placed each item in the tabernacle in the form of a cross so that when Elijah stretched out in love and prayer to overcome the curse of death and sin separating this woman from God, I think Elijah stretched out in the form of a cross because there is no other power. There's no other power that brings sin-separated people into an eternal, life-giving relationship with God. The greatest power is God's love in the cross. And if God used Elijah uh, to foreshadow the cross, uh, and Moses too, to foreshadow the cross, perhaps that's why before Jesus died uh, on the cross, the disciples saw Jesus go up a mountain where he was transfigured and had a conversation with Elijah and Moses about his coming stretch out on the cross to bring people to life in a relationship with God. What we know for sure is that Elijah was an ordinary person, just like you, just like me, who models prayer power that God wants for you through the powerful love of Jesus displayed on the cross. So this week, find Elijah's power on the knee by praying along Elijah's prayer power principles. God gives power to me to give through me. God's power takes me where he's already working. God's power through me is poured and not stored. God's power is his love outstretched through me. So we're gonna close in a quiet moment now. Uh, and just in the quiet moment, let God's love bring you to your knees because that's where God's power lies. Ask God to put on your heart those souls you love and where God is already working.
then stretch out, stretch out with God's love in the power of the cross, which is the only power that brings spiritual resurrection life and joy to those who are separated from God. Pray that for yourself, pray that power out of weakness into power, and also pray that power of forgiveness and God's love upon the loved ones he places on your heart. Let's pray. Let God's love bring you to your knees. Maybe for you that means putting faith in uh, the cross of Jesus uh, because you've never done that before. Maybe it means that you're right now uh, just praying that God would bring you out of weakness into true power. The power that comes as you stretch out with the same love of Jesus stretched out on the cross for you. Stretch out with that love now in prayer. God, thank you for bringing us to our knees where real power is found. Thank you for stretching out in love for us that we might have true power and resurrection life as we stretch out in prayer, in love upon this world you gave your life for. Amen. Thank you for watching Black Rock Church's Sunday service. We're so glad you found us, and we hope this message made you feel more connected to God. In talking about connection, we find that it's super important for people to be connected to others and to community in order to grow in their faith. So if you're in the area, we invite you to join us to worship in a service. You can find out about our times and locations right here on this webpage. We'd also love to help you connect in a group and find people who can walk alongside you as you continue deepening your understanding and faith. And after you get to know us, you might even like to use your gifts to serve on a team. We believe God gave each of us unique gifts that we can use to serve those around us, one body with many different parts. If you're not able to be here in person, don't worry. We have a great online community and many ways for you to join in virtually and talk to us throughout the week. You can also stay in touch on our website, YouTube channel, Facebook, and Instagram. By visiting our website, you can also easily give your offering one time as an online gift or a reoccurring gift. Just click Give at the top. The Bible tells us that tithing is an important part of our relationship with Jesus, and we want to continue to trust God with our lives and our finances. Well, we are so glad you made the choice to get to know us and view one of our services. We hope that you join us next week. Thanks so much for watching.